and welcome everyone to episode 90 of One Piece at a Time, the One Piece read-through podcast where we read and discuss five chapters of the One Piece manga each and every week. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host and freelance letterer at Shonen Jump, Brandon Bovia. How you doing, Brandon? Hey everybody, I'm Brandon Bovia, and I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also the letterer of manga like Kaiju Number 8 and Dragon Ball Super and many, many more, but uh, for the purposes of this podcast, I'm very upset. <laughs> So yes, we are not talking about five chapters of the One Piece manga as much as we wish we were, because instead we are covering movie number seven, The Giant Mechanical Soldier of Karakuri Castle. And um, this is the, I think this is the last movie you've never seen. Yes. Yes. And I had seen this before, but I remembered nothing of it. And now I remember why I remembered nothing of it. <laughs> so if it's not obvious, no, this was not a good one. <laughs> no, no. It started to feel like um, uh, Dead Dead Adventure and Baron of Matsuri are just like, they're, they are flukes. They're the diamonds in the rough <laughs> for this era of... I, like I, I swear, as somebody who is, again, now I've seen every other One Piece movie, like, they get better. Yeah. We're not quite there yet, but they get better. <laughs> yes. It's it's nice to see quality take hold at points, yeah. and that's not to say there's like there's usually something something positive to latch on to with some of these movies. It, it seems, but uh, before before all that, uh, just some quick the usual quick notes on movie seven. So this was released March fourth, two thousand and six, right between four hundred and uh, chapters four hundred and one and four hundred two. So yeah, that's why we're recording uh, recording it now, and between episodes two hundred fifty seven and two hundred fifty eight, which is basically right before Sniper King appears on the train to Enos Lobby. That's where the anime was at. Obviously, with this movie taking place not on Water 7 or Enos Lobby, we can assume that this takes place before that. Yes. <laughs> pretty much the only place it could take uh, place in. Yeah, pretty much, because it's, it's, we get something related to something that happens in Enos Lobby, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. As for our plot summary, oh, this could be, this is pretty easy. It's another treasure hunt, <laughs> because open with the, the crew finding this treasure box at the, in this wrecked ship, and it turns out inside is actually an old lady. The old lady tells them that there's this great golden crown that rules that tells them that they're like the king of the sea if they have it uh, back in her home island. And they have to use this special turtle compass in order to reach it because you can't get there through the usual um, log pose. So they they arrive there and immediately the woman's son, who is just this mechanical genius, starts to try to defend it because, well, they're pirates and eventually they learn that the, the, that this song that plays that is sung on this island leads to the treasure. So they start trying to figure it out. Eventually the guy's trying to fend them off. He's realize like, Oh, these guys are kind of strong. We should team up. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I'm not going to betray you later. So they team up. They figure out the, the treasure hunt. Oh no, your sudden, but inevitable betrayal has happened. And they're, they're, they're taken over. And it turns out the entire Island is a giant turtle. And they want to use this turtle with the mechanical devices to take over the world. Just of course. This, just, just, just giant battleship, essentially. Of course, yes. Yeah. So Luffy and them must stop them, and they do. And the treasure turns out to be the eggs, the golden eggs of the, 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 the babies that this turtle has every 1,000 years. And that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and God, I, I feel like... 
even summarizing it like that makes it sound better than it is. <laughs> because like that, that's a very fairly like straightforward plot, but like I think if you still had like good pacing and you know kind of like interesting set pieces and kind of like okay, there's sort of like an escalation and a like okay, we're kind of gradually learning more about the backstory of of this place and uh figure like figuring things out and you know there's you know tons of like fun action to move the story forward there's none of that there's, there's none of that <laughs> now it's 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 kind of amazing how boring <laughs> this is every, every fight it it honestly feels like one of the early movies stretched thin yeah oh yeah you're right cuz that i hadn't thought about that but it is sort of similar in concept to like the first couple movies but those were 50 minutes. Yeah. Um. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you yet, got in you know, there, you had one... your silly treasure adventure, you beat the bad guy, and you were done. You know, that was, that, and that that, that might was really it. Have something to do with it, because, like, this movie is excruciating at 90 minutes, and I think if it were 40 minutes shorter, I might have liked it okay. I think I could have been like, yeah, that, wasn't, that was nothing special, but, like, that was fine, but this, this drags. It's so... Ugh. The animation is not great. <laughs> yeah. There are times where you look at... Because we, we had this with Baron Omatsuri last time, where the faces were kind of very much blank in the background. And they try it to do that jank. here, but they, it feels like they're trying to still place the the eyes, and they just feel off and weird. And then you get these weird proportions at times, uh, especially yeah. with Nami and Robin, uh, where their waists <laughs> are just nothing. Yeah, it's I think the thing for me um, is that, like, it's really inconsistent um, mm. and not just in terms of quality, but also just in terms of like art style, like even just like the close ups, like you really get the sense that um, they're just kind of being drawn by different artists at different points. The sort of the style never really lands on anything in particular. And that that really lends me to feel that it was just kind of rushed and uh, you had a bunch of animators kind of doing their own thing. Uh, because there's not a whole lot of cohesion um, in this movie's visual style. Except for one thing. There's one thing that's cohesive. <laughs> or <laughs> they, perhaps two. <laughs> yeah, they, they were very focused on that. So, yeah, the, the one thing about this movie that stands out that is it, it is well remembered for, the only thing it's remembered for, really, is gravity got weird <laughs> in this in this, <laughs> this movie. Nami and Robin's breasts are not only accentuated, but the slightest turn makes them just feel like they're yeah. straight out of dead or alive. It it feels like they knew that they had nothing to work with, so they were just like, "Well, just fill it with boobs, and you know, like that'll that'll be it." And and uh, man, it just I think I think the fact that the it, this is just kind of like a nothing movie, then that it's just kind of like quick, you know, like put a bunch of fan service in it, just makes it feel super cynical. Even though I know, like, this is, um, so the animation director and character designer for this movie uh, is a fellow by the name of Eisaku Inoue, who was also the character designer, lead animation director for movie two, uh, which 
also had probably it's not that much, but like more fan service than I think for usual uh, for One Piece. And then I guess in this movie, they just kind of let him pop off um, and just he's just all right, you know, fill it with boobs. And that's that's really it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, looking, although, I'm looking through his other credits. He does a lot of key animation and animation director for like just individual episodes or OVAs. That seems to be where he really sort of focuses on. Like, I can't point to any one thing and be like, yes, this is why it's like this. But I mean, it's like, uh, OVA episode 10 of, um, Tenchi Muyo, the original Tenchi Muyo. (laughs) He was the animation director on episode four of street fighter two V it's just all over the place. He's not consistent in any one thing. He's just sort of pops up here and there. Yeah. Although one consistent thing, which it took me a little bit of digging to find this. And it's the reason why I had this thought in the back of my head that I was like, like this movie feels like it's kind of ahead of its time. (laughs) Bear with me. Um, In the sense that where the anime was at in terms of like its art style is nothing like this. But I was like, this is kind of what the anime looks like for a good little while. And it's because you know, way, as the he's the character designer for the arc after Inu's lobby. Oh, okay. Uh, and I and I think a little bit past that. So there there is a chunk of time for the TV series where he is kind of in charge of the designs and stuff, which is why I was thought I was like you know for 2006 this like feels further ahead than where I, where I thought it would be, which and I think that explains why. Yeah, I, I, I that, that makes sense. It also has heavy use of 3D. Like the turtle is always 3D. There's a minecart yeah. ride that's always that's in full 3D. Which is, and Nothing new at this point, but <laughs> they're decentish. Like the turtle doesn't look um that bad, and the roller coaster ride is honestly pretty decent. It's better CG than movie five. Uh, yes, that's about as much as I'm willing to give it. Uh, but at the same time, like even the modern One Piece movies still kind of have bad CGI. So I, I can't really, in good faith, like has that as a genuine knock against this movie because like there's even even film red as much as I love it has some really awful CG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so I think the big problem here for me at least, is that for whatever reason, this is the first time Luffy is dead set on a treasure itself rather than just the adventure of finding the treasure. That stood out to me as something really bizarre. Like, and, and that, I mean, that that's sort of the thing with a lot of these movies and a lot of the, the anime content that it does feel like these characters aren't really quite right. But that one was like, I, I think, because I feel like it's very rarely Luffy who feels off in mm-hmm. uh, sort of the anime original content. So that stuck out to me as like, is that something that he would do to the point like the sort of the, the, the crew dynamic and how Luffy is kind of the lead of it all just feel it doesn't quite gel for me. Not exactly, because, you know, the, you have that sort of inspirational story speech and quotes there where he's like you know i don't care if the treasure is real or not i'm going for it and everybody's just like yeah like why are you yeah it's just a treasure like it's not like there's not that there's no heart of the story because you got this old woman pouring her heart out it's like my my boy is really a good boy he's just off this and i still love him despite the mistakes he's made and all that stuff and i'm like i don't care <laughs> like yeah your son is an is not a fun villain at the slightest and his his ultimate punishment after getting beaten by Luffy is getting spanked by her it's like okay and and I think so <laughs> I guess this is the part where we'll we, we talk about Ratchet 
because uh, I think what they were trying to go for with him is like this sort of like like revenge of the nerds lives in his mom's basement kind of otaku guy uh-huh. uh, because you know like oh he loves robots he's a genius you know he doesn't treat his mom with any respect uh, and his mom still see, tries to see the good in him and all that kind of stuff or it just like but it I feel like that never was never really properly conveyed and and yeah. Ratchet himself is always kind of I mean, he's as one-dimensional as it comes to the point, like, I think where the movie lost me, which is <laughs> further along than maybe it should have, is the part where he reveals that his secret plan was to take over the world. And, like, Nami's just like, well, that's lame. And, like, that that's when it was like, this movie doesn't believe in itself. Like, no. that, it, like it doesn't believe in its own villain and its own story or, like, what he's trying to do and what he's trying to accomplish. Like, yeah, taking over the world is a kind of a dumb idea and, and like, everybody knows it's dumb, but, like, I guess it does. they don't really own it. Like, it feels like they're ashamed that this is the best they c- could come up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it just feels off. Like, you, you never take him seriously. He's Yeah, and... I think what I wanted to get at is that, like, I think there's a version of the story where, like, it is intentional that he's not taken seriously, but, like, you just, you don't take him serious. Like, he's he's a threat, but he's not, you know? Yeah, because there's this whole thing during the Luffy, the final fight with Luffy where it's, like, Luffy's, like, oh, that's a mechanical soldier is so cool, and Luffy beats it, and he's, like, go fetches another one, which is supposed to be, like, land and sea. He's, like, that's lame. Like yeah. Luffy's even saying it's lame. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I get the joke, I guess. But it's kind of super deflating for like the last ten minutes of a movie. Yeah, exactly. Where like, like you... here's my ultimate plan, and blah blah blah. And it's like, oh, and then he just calls it lame. Like at that point, like there's no saving the movie. But like, man, yeah, the fact that you know, like Luffy and Zoro and Sanji and the gang, like they all like the, the they don't struggle at all. Even really fight. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no tension, and, and I that I think. Again, there could be intention intention to that, uh, to be you know it's like to make it funny to make it. I, I d- thought that's d- the way anything. they were going to go because it's like in the beginning it felt like there was just comedy, 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 comedy. It's like oh, it's going to be a funny movie rather than anything else, and then it just sort of yeah. stopped and started taking itself somewhat seriously. Like there was still comedy elements, but they tried to go for the more adventure angle at a certain point, and none of that really worked. Like. I, I enjoyed them trying to figure out the clues from the song and where they thought it was trying to be like mysterious or whatnot. It, most of the time it ended up being dumb puns. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh boy. That they're just the most like bargain bin, like of Japanese wordplay. <laughs> oh really? Like, oh yeah. Which is how yeah, they, they, they then very... they react is like, really it's that dumb. And it's, it's again, it's them yeah, making yeah. fun of their own story a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it feels like he, they didn't know what they wanted and they just they they knew that this was a stinker (laughs) that's that's sort of the vibe i get watching this movie is that it is kind of ashamed of itself it definitely feels that way and is it maybe it's just me but after a while of listening to ratchet obviously we watched it sub but um was the actor kind of bad Yes, yes, okay, I was gonna talk about that. I, I, I'm not in a position to really criticize Japanese voice acting. Usually it's, like, kind of fine, but there's a lot of times where it's just, like, some of the deliveries work, but other times when he's, like, trying to be serious, it just comes across he's as super kind flat. of... Yeah, flat. So I looked him up, and it's this, it's this guy named Goro Inigaki. He's mainly done dramas. Yeah. And a, a few movies. Most of the time... Only a couple animations. I think 
I I think One Piece was like his second time as a, doing voice acting, but I, that was like when he did the first time it was in 1994, and he was born in 70, mm-hmm. 73, so he was relatively young, and he got older and kind of worse. I don't know. It's just I I think what happened is that because uh this is something that I, i've noticed every now and again like anime style voice acting i feel like is kind of like its own thing and that like the mm. way that the characters emote like of course it's especially in something like one piece it's very exaggerated um and and very very kind of like emotive and i think his style probably just wasn't a good fit for that and again it, it, this movie was also you know probably rushed to hell so he probably yeah. didn't get very good direction on what to do on top of them, I feel like for Ratchet as a character, they they didn't even know what they were doing with him. So like it, I feel like he was trying to, like he was trying to do his best, maybe. Uh, but I, I definitely think for someone who's such like a seasoned actor that it just like this this tone. I think even in One Piece at like firing on all cylinders, I think he would have been a weird fit just as a like a drama you know kind of screen actor. But um, in a kind of a poorly and poorly put together rushed movie like this i think those it really shows that, yeah yeah it's it's, it's unfortunate because nothing it was very rare to get actual an actual laugh out of ratchet because of yeah you know he, he even just had that uh visual thing where he'd steam up his glasses and he'd have the wipers come out and it's like okay yeah it's a funny gimmick on its own but like yeah the 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 performance and really just kind of like the tone of the scenes that he's in like it doesn't really fit it feels yeah it just doesn't feel right and that <laughs> that goes into also i think you know speaking of voice actors <laughs> I, I noticed this right away uh-huh. uh, but chopper has a new voice for this movie <laughs> yes uh and i i hate it <laughs> Uh, we have a replacement for Ikue Itani because she was out on maternity leave for it. And instead, we got Kazue Ikura, who is very much a... Seems like another vet. Big, Yeah, big vet. She was Kaori in City, City Hunter. She as She's done Gun- Gundam. She was Satori in Rama One Half. Kaori in... Uh, she's like the character's named Kaori. In Detective Conan. Conan. Like, it, she's she's been in a ton. She was even in One Piece before as... I don't know who Jessica is. I think that might be a filler character. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Here and here you go. Uh, you're you're a Gundam fan. Mm. She was in Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory as Mora. Oh, I don't remember who that is. Oh, okay. Well, so much for that. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I've I, I I've seen I've seen that OVA before. Uh, but yeah, like this. There's. I, I guess that I think the thing with with like. Ikue Otani's chopper is so and like her voice in general is just iconic, you know, as yeah. you know, like she's freaking Pikachu. Like <laughs> like she so she knows how to get emotion out of being cute. Yeah, yeah. Like you when it ter- comes to like just like adorable cute mascot characters, you don't really get much better than that. And so it it was always going to be a stretch no matter who they got, but it definitely you you feel this poor person just like it like you can feel their throat hurting trying to imitate otani and it just doesn't work at all it's it just it it, kind of grates my ears honestly (laughs) yeah yeah and all the characters just feel off like nami is probably at her most violent she beats up the crew so many times nami's tuned really high in this one for some reason and and i sort of i i grasping at straws was kind of like you know the idea of like a 
like a Nami-ish led movie is kind of really cool on paper, but like, yeah, they really just like it feels like she's constantly arguing and constantly just like at odds with with Luffy in particular, and it's yeah, like that that stuff is a part of her character, but it has to come in balance with you know so many other things. She doesn't get really a time to shine other than the lightning, which is actually was what activates the whole villain plan. So it's like oh. Uh, because every around every current corner, rather than her figure it out, Luffy figures it out by like complete accident. And yeah, that could be that. That's like the beginning of a joke. Like that could be really funny. Uh, but like I feel like there's they don't really go anywhere with it. They don't really like escalate with it, and there's not they don't have anything of value to say with it. Yeah, ultimately, a- every piece every piece of the puzzle. Luffy's the one who figures it out or stumbles across it in some way. Yeah, which is maybe part of the core conceit that, like, all of the puzzles are really dumb. Yeah, you can uh, see so it from that, that like, angle. So that, like, maybe, you know, but, but uh, uh, it just, there's, there's something about the way that it's all, like, paced and put together that it doesn't really, it it, it, it is a joke, but it doesn't feel like a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, mm. <laughs> it's not great. I'd say Robin is pretty well handled here. Yeah, there's um God, I, I feel like I, I'm struggling to remember any exact moments, but th- it felt like she was having fun was kind of the general just I got from this movie is that like Robin was like actually enjoying herself. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like she was kind of in, you, you kind of know that knew that it was going to be her arc coming up. And they, they knew that. So it was like, let's have fun with her. And they definitely yeah. have a emphasize her whole puzzle, mecha- puzzle solving mechanic and, and gimmick and whatnot. Although she doesn't get the fight like she she's with Sanji doesn't help him fight because he's like no no i got yeah. this yeah oh that's such a missed opportunity i mean not that it was much of a fight to begin with no it really it, yeah. it really was mostly off screen where the guy like it comes out off screen you hear sanji took 10 blasts in the face and he's looking mostly fine and then he finishes it off with just a few kicks yeah imagine it like if robin and sanji got to team up and you know like Zoro ends up leaving Nami on the uh, the roller coaster to do his like fight for like five seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God, like imagining a scenario where like they actually could have, because there's only like you know Ratchet and like his two goons basically. Um, so like th- there's way more Straw Hats than there are villains to go around. Yeah, so. they just they, they it just didn't have much of a plan. And even the title of this thing, the Giant Mechanical Soldier of Karakuri Castle. Okay, I think I know what Kurakuri Castle is. Was the mechanical mechanical soldier just the final thing that Luffy fought? Because it wasn't a primary piece of the whole thing. Yeah, maybe it was the mechanical soldiers. Where was all the uh, the the Iron Men that he fought? I guess. I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> this movie clearly doesn't give a crap. Why no, it it is all over the place. It is all over the place. Like characters get uh, like one little thing to do and that's about it. But they, they had way more fun putting uh, Nami and Robin in other outfits. Yeah. Yeah. They really did. Which does kind of become a staple, not, not just for them, but like for the straw hats as a whole and down the line that will become a staple of, I, I feel like everybody gets like two or three outfits every movie. these days. <laughs> I guess, um, I guess that's yeah. true, but it's like they got to that dinner party randomly yeah, and all of a sudden they're just yeah, like, the, that was, decked out of like here just yeah all the side boob and just yeah, everything we it. could show that we you know without getting in trouble and it's not even like that's it like they change out of those outfits immediately after so and nami cosplays as laura croft which is kind of her best fit 
funny enough yeah, in this movie. I, I think it's great. <laughs> it works. It's a great outfit. I, li- I like Robin's last outfit too, but mm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that it's a, it's just literally Lara Croft. <laughs> yeah, it's. I do like that they spent the Straw Hats spend the majority of this movie together. I think that that is not a high praise necessarily, but uh, I, I do think you know rather than kind of like everybody kind of going their own separate ways and. Uh, you know, kind of having multiple subplots going on, which I think um, not having any subplots at all, <laughs> I think kind of lends this movie uh, to feeling like it's just spinning its wheels for most of the runtime. But like having having all seven of the Straw Hats kind of just like interact here in this space, I thought was I, I appreciated that, <laughs> even if the writing itself didn't quite live up to that. I didn't honestly think about that for the most part. It's just like, oh yeah, they are together. Even if when they're split apart a little bit, they kind of come back. Like it's at the very end where you have uh, Chopper is like, I'm going to translate the turtle. Usopp, I need to make sure Mary's okay. Robin's on the, the mine cart. Uh, uh, yeah, Nami's on the mine cart. Robin's with Sanji. The, the other two have their fights. And of course, Luffy's fighting the main thing. And that's how they kind of break off. But they come together quite often as well like it's it's it is what it is yeah i feel like in a better movie like i I really wanted to see them explore like the castle like i feel like there could have been a version of this movie that actually had you know like tricks and traps and that sort of thing but it is it's kind of just over before it started yeah just just for the most part not really much there and i'm I'm glad at least I, I noticed right at the start of the movie i was like oh that looks like a roller coaster i wonder if that'll be anything and like okay yeah and you know, lo and behold they actually make use of it in some in a uh, all right i guess uh. mm, fine enough <laughs> the the one thing that did stand out to me is the music in this movie is actually pretty great like even yeah. from as soon as um they arrive and they have somebody singing the song the swaying swaying song I'm like that's actually really well sung like what the hell <laughs> yeah it's definitely it, it's really uncanny to me um because like a lot of really iconic music that the anime still uses but like a lot of really iconic scenes from the anime use music from this movie so you have a lot of instances where like the music is playing and i'm thinking about like all of the other like much cooler moments where like these themes actually played in because in context it's it's kind of super lame like like i mean, I mean like it, it felt like they didn't they had all this great music and they just didn't didn't know where to put it so they just like put it wherever <laughs> yeah it's just like uh this will work it's 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 that's fine it's fine <laughs> yeah like i, I want to say as soon as um once the anime gets to india's lobby which of course they're they're not quite there they're almost there uh but i think once you get to india's lobby the anime starts using uh, a lot of music from this movie and it's it's awesome it's great <laughs> works uh, it's way better <laughs> Yeah, it's some of the best music in the series. It's just the fact that it got its start here is just weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that happens sometimes. But mm-hmm. um, I, there was one. Of course, I think, I think there's one reason for this movie to exist. There's one thing they wanted to accomplish with this movie, and it's, it's honestly kind of amazing they didn't advertise it in the same way that the Dragon Ball movie did. For that, that, that kind of accomplished the same thing where. Yeah. It's a preview of Gear 2. Yeah. It, and so I actually, I knew that going into this movie, at least that like Luffy, I, I remember hearing it a long, like a long time ago. That it, it's sort of like, it's it tries to offer an explanation as to like where Gear 2 came from. But like, I feel like even giving it that kind of credit is giving it way too much. 
uh, way more than it deserves because it it just kind of happens. Yeah, it's just he's fighting out against this random big mech and he's trying to hold it off and he does the thing with his legs and he starts steaming. And he's like, oh, what was that power? Weird. Yeah. And, I, and in fact, the more that I think about it, the more I don't like that, actually. No. Uh, because I think Gear 2, even though it is left very vague in the manga, I think you can you can extrapolate that it's kind of... It is informed by Luffy's experiences up to that point. It is informed by, like, finding a way to fight at top strength. You know, it's informed by his encounters with CP9 and, you know, all sorts of, you know, all of his fights up to that point. And so, kind of, the the, the anime gives a much more literal interpretation of, oh, he figured it out because of, like, this random side story where he just accidentally turned it on. Yeah. He's just in the pressure of the moment he used it and then he sort of masters it by the time he gets to Enos Lobby. Yeah, which I think if the circumstances itself really felt more like, oh man, Luffy's like against the wall and he's he's out of juice and like he can't do anything. If it really felt like it was a last resort kind of thing, then maybe. But like it's not, it, is, it doesn't really feel like that. It, it feels random. And yeah. <laughs> He he does not feel pushed up against the wall. I don't know if Luffy even takes a solid hit at any point during this, where he's like, yeah, I'm not sure on the back ropes. Uh, there's just there's just no yeah. tension at all. It's in, a, just, in a weird way, it would have been a better fit for movie five or six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It I, th- have. Those have much but much better moments of like putting Luffy on the edge. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but but of course. I imagine if you were, you know, a One Piece fan in 2006, you know, like the the anime hasn't gotten to Gear Two yet, so it's like, oh, what's this? Uh, and and it just happened in the manga, you know, like 15 chapters ago from where we're at. Mm-hmm. So and they were it's, they're it's, still teasing what Gear Three might be where we're at. Yeah, so. we still, yeah. So it's like, it is. I mean, God, on on the one hand, it is kind of like admirable I mean, not admirable but it's very surprising just how close the anime was to the manga at this point in time to the fact that like the anime hadn't gotten to gear two uh the manga we still don't we've we've seen gear three off screen um so like these core abilities of luffy's like we still really don't even know what they are but they saw a fit to like ah, eh, we'll put it in anyway um and so you know as, as much as i i much prefer how the manga keeps it vague like i can't it's 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 just cool tease at the end of the day. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not too upset about it. <laughs> it, it it's kind of similar to um, DBZ movie, think four Lord Slug. Where yeah, Lord Slug has the like like soup like soup, like the faux Super Saiyan thing. Right, because they, they they even call it like Super Saiyan something in Japanese for the Japanese title, uh, where uh-huh. it's like no Super Saiyan's in this, and you see the faux Super Saiyan. It lasts for like two seconds, and like oh okay, yeah, it's it's like, like, uh, yeah. It's same thing. Which, he, here which funny enough that also uh <laughs> we're still doing that now in one piece movies uh oh really to say the least yeah yeah still still doing things that the manga just did that the anime hadn't gotten to yet so uh, of course it's to get those teases yep. it's it's, it's yep. a way to put butts in seats it's, yeah it, it, it works <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure it, it's, it's funny too because it just doesn't seem like luffy needs it because we got that whole final attack at the end where, right, where he just becomes a Beyblade. Yeah, he just <laughs> who cares about Gear Two, man? The entire <laughs> castle, this entire mechanical castle, with no issue. And Zoro and Sanja, the ones who stop him from hitting the turtle, 
Like, yeah, I don't know what, like, it's, it's kind of cool on paper, like, cause it's a combo move where it's like Luffy, Zoro, Sanji, and Usopp all kind of like bouncing off each other. But just like the end result is just, it, it's a little too much even for me. <laughs> yeah. It's a little too unbelievable. Yeah. It, it, it's just one of those things like that's like, we've seen Luffy lift some heavy things like in movies two, I think it was where he lifts up the, like he was trying to keep himself from being crushed. And just lifts oh, up the yeah. entire thing through that. Like, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. cool and had impact and showed it. But this is just, like, this just seems ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and at least, like, in that example, it feels like a you're summoning, like, desperate strength. <laughs> yeah, mm. Another example where <laughs> if they had thought of Gear 2 back in the year 1999, maybe they could have been something. But <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> that would have been a good I... spot to use it. But, yeah, this movie just fails at having tension of any sort uh, or really kind of, like, build up having build up to anything or having anything meaningful to say about not just like the straw hats, but like, I feel like when these movies have bad original characters, it also just is, it's like they, they've given up like just from the outset. Yeah. And and we know that it's possible because like dead and adventure has an amazing original cast. Yeah. Baron of Matsuri has an amazing original cast. These movies can, can be good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, 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 they really are carried a lot by the side characters they decide to add in and how, how they're treated and whatnot. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but there is no original character to latch onto in this. Yeah, and I think, to to uh, getting ahead of myself a little bit, I do think that is sort of the, it is sort of the path that I think, like, the modern One Piece movies have taken, is that, like, the villains are kind of the spotlight. Like, mm-hmm. you, you go to those movies to kind of learn about like who the villains are and to see them interact with the straw hats and kind of push them in interesting ways. Okay. Uh, because that, because that's, that's like, I mean, cause when, when you think about like anime original content, like you're not going to get meaningful things out of established characters. So no, because like you just can't. Um, and, and I think that is sort of a failing of like movie five for trying, trying to be a Zoro movie uh, without really doing or saying anything interesting with that character. So I do, I do think you kind of have to, you kind of have to go whole hog on your OCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like that. How does your OCs affect the Straw Hats? And yep, sometimes yep. it works, sometimes it doesn't. And in this case, yeah. it, it just didn't. This is definitely another case. Like man, three, five, and seven. These odd numbered movies are. Yeah, it's starting to be a little rough. <laughs> Don't trust the odd numbered movies. The movie one is still the best odd numbered movie. And actually. Given what I know about all the other ones, at least until we, we get to the modern stuff, um, yeah, I think I think movie one might be the best odd numbered one. Piece oh no, movie. is movie? I <laughs> I mean I know movie. So the next movie we have is the uh, episode of Alabasta, and I've never yep, seen yep, that. That's eight. Uh, yep. And then episode movie nine is the episode of Chopper, where we have yeah. other characters in there that weren't there originally. It's like I think it. I think movie nine is okay. I haven't seen it in a long time, okay. um, but uh, like, like, it's just one of those. We'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll get there when we get there when it comes to like the movie recap stuff or the the canon manga arc recap movie stuff. But like, <laughs> you, yeah, you're I'm... better off just watching the anime or reading the manga. So it's just kind of like the, the chop the, the the drum island movie does some interesting things. From what yeah, I, remember, I feel but... like this is like your best chance to like see this stuff again with better animation exactly and, and then movie nine is gorgeous so oh, okay <laughs> that that much i do remember 
That's um, so that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. This might this might be rock bottom then. I, I can't say that for certainty because I haven't I've seen I haven't seen eight eight movies eight and nine in a long time. Yeah. Um, but I know as there's far like as a I remember, three D anyway. One Piece movie as well. So yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got some. <sighs> Derek watching these movies has been a trip that I think that's the point that I want to end on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good good, point. Good God. (laughs) Oh man. Well, I don't think we have anything else to say about this. (laughs) Yeah. F this movie. It sucks. Uh, Don't watch it. (laughs) No, it is. Go go watch Baron Amatsuri again. (laughs) Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. So Yeah. We've said all we wanted to say about movie number seven, The Giant Mechanical Soldier of Karakuri Castle. Thank you so much for listening. If you can find more of my ramblings and stream VODs over at BitNerd Games on YouTube or BitNerd with an underscore at the end on Twitter. Brandon, where can everyone find you at? Uh, I'm at Brandon Bovia on Twitter, talking about anime manga games at my job. And I, I, I actually... I. I I just realized why they call it Mecha Island and why it's always been called Mecha Island in that movie. Oh, why is that? Uh, it's because it's the reversed syllables of... Uh, so, Mecha, Kame, Turtle. Oh, oh my That's god. Why. That's why. Another dumb pun. Well, there you go. Another dumb pun. <laughs> so, go go follow me on social media for... More dumb Things puns. that are better than that. More <laughs> dumb puns. Hopefully, hopefully more interesting things than like bargain bin Japanese wordplay. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, if you'd like to help us out more, you can support the podcast over at patreon.com slash Derek Bittner. That's D-E-R-R-I-C-K-B-I-T-N-E-R to listen to the next episode ad-free three days early. And make sure to return next time as we go back to the manga to discuss chapters 406 to 410 of One Piece. So until then, my friends, bye. Remember to take life one piece at a time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>